Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as hasty as the managerial merry-go-round, fantasy advice as red-hot as Andre Kramerich's purple patch and two pundits who both failed to break the 100-point mark last weekend. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogat. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 3. And joining me on the mic, as always, he is the fantasy fußball got known in human form as Flo Reinecke. Flo, was this the most nightmarish weekend we've had in Bundesliga fantasy history? Uh, yes and no, I'd say. I mean, yes, because I can't remember the last time I had that a few points on a match day. At the end, I got 87. But on the other hand, like most other people were struggling too. So I actually made up ground in uh, the mini league I care the most of. So, <laughs> Which is the Talking Fußball Fantasy League, right? Of course. <laughs> Which other league would I would I talk about? It's It's one of these. No, but I mean, no harm done at the end. If you did put up some nice store. I mean, there were, there were, there was some good and bad. Everyone had the blanks from Dortmund and Bayern to deal with. So I don't think that's, that's bad. I, I hate it much more. Like you can make 130 points, but if everyone else is making 160, uh, I feel much worse about that. And then Braving getting a win. Like that's always light in my mood. I, I have to. <laughs> Admit. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so, given everything that's been going on over the last couple of seasons. Now, it, I mean, it's a, it was a crazy weekend. Bayern and Dortmund losing, especially on the same weekend, does not happen very often, if at all. And yeah, the fact that then you have someone like Lewandowski dropped, comes in, gets minus points, Pavar gets minus points. I ended the weekend with three players missing in my starting lineup. Um, there was a load of factors that contributed to that. But yeah, I ended up having to, to get rid of some minus points, considering the fact I'd missed a chance to to make substitutions on Sunday. It was an amateur, amateur mistake to make. But uh, hey, we move. But that's it. Your 87 points compared to my 73 looks rather good. It wasn't enough to win you the Super Cup, though, in the TFF Pokal, um, or at least to get through to the next round, because I think the final's this week. But yeah, uh, penalty shootout. Yeah. It seems to be your yeah. thing. That's, I, I'm not sure how that can happen. I mean, you're English, I'm German. <laughs> that should have been easy money for me, but... Uh, too true, yeah. too true. But times times are changing. You won fair and square, James. I, I, I appreciate it. It might be one of the few things I win this season. I don't know how it's going to go. But on that note, the man, the creator, Haymarket Second, is worth noting the fact that he is currently second in the Talking Fußball Fantasy League. So congratulations to him for a pretty strong start to the season. He has only been beaten so far uh, by a team that goes by the name of Teddy's Boys, uh, who have actually been the only team in the Talking Fußball Fantasy League to break the 300-point mark after uh, the fixtures that we've had so far. So uh, congratulations. Congratulations to both. I am eagerly anticipating a pretty tight title race once again. It seems to be uh, the way we work things here on Talking Foosball Fantasy, and it's just the way we like it. But talking yeah. of two of our fans at the top of... Oh, go on, Yeah, I just wanted to say that Teddy's Boys uh, is also the overall leader of all of Fantasy Bundesliga. So kudos to him. And Haymarket second is in sixth place of the overall thing. So we we will take that. Yeah, we we made two winners of the overall fantasy Bundesliga. So we we're starting strong this year to to having us uh, the third guy amidst uh, uh, among our mids to to win the thing. 
Yeah, it's a it's a prestigious prize and a prestigious group that you can join that does include Mr. Flo Reinecker himself. But yeah, it's a exciting time. So yeah, congratulations to Teddy Boys. And I have to say, I, I don't know. I think there was an element of luck in his points this weekend because he had Kramerich starmanned as his striker. And I wonder if Lewandowski had been in the starting lineup against Hoffenheim, whether he would have done that or she, I should say. But they they are more welcome to get in touch with us and let us know. But yeah, so let's get on to some listener questions. Not as many as last week. We've tried to condense the first part of this show a little bit but I will start you off with what I think Flo is a relatively easy knock out of the park for a first question and it's from our good friend at Hafid FW who asks Kramerich or Weghorst? Uh, definitely Kramerich especially since Weghorst is not up to 100% so he's questionable for now for the match on Sunday and Wolfsburg is having like the third or fourth English Woche in a row, yep. which means they're playing three games in a week. We've seen rotation from Oliver Glasner. He changed seven guys up from his starting lineup from the Thursday Europa League match to the match uh, at Freiburg. I know you you covered that, uh, James. I, I saw that. I, I covered. I, I actually covered that as well. So we both saw that ma- uh, match over ninety minutes, and Wolfsburg really, really looked tired, uh, in my opinion. A funny thing is, at the end, they they were coming on strong a bit. But all in all, I, I think uh, they are a team to watch out for when like the schedule is getting a bit lighter for them. But right now, with the uncertainty, if not Ginchek gets a start, and on top of that, he's questionable. And Kramaric is like firing away at will. He's leading uh, the league um, with shots. On goal by a wide margin, uh, he's 13 in two games. I think the next guy is at nine. Yeah, and we love that as fantasy managers. So definitely Kramaric. Yeah, those are the stats that light our eyes up. And yeah, I think even if you do, and Flo's right, Wolfsburg did look tired and leggy against Freiburg, and that's not going to get any better for them, despite the fact that they made yeah, a whole host of changes to their starting lineup. But even if you took Wolfsburg being in the Europa League out of the equation right now, when someone like Andre Kramerich goes up against Bayern and it has a hand in 11 shots on goal. He has eight shots himself. He sets up three more. And of his eight shots, seven come from inside the penalty area. Those numbers you cannot ignore. So Weghorst, given the fact that he's not really firing in all cylinders like we know he can at the start of this season, Kramerich is an easy choice uh, on that one. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, and it's a four-part question, Flo. At Addy underscore Balaram asks, how thrilled are you, Flo, after last week's Verda result? Yeah, of course. Um Thrilled, I think, is the wrong term. I'm relieved, <laughs> and that was a. It, it, it was just. It was a bad football match. Um, I was happy that Kofel changed up a bit. I mean, I'm not sure if we talked about Mbom last week. I know that I mentioned him a few times, um, but I'm not sure. I, I did it on or off air, but um, like he's like he gave his Bundesliga debut, twenty year old guy who who was loaned out to the third division last season and very physical midfielder. And that showed at Schalke, uh, he was one reason that Bremen uh, got the win at the end. The other are the set pieces by Augustinsson, which is great also in a fantasy sense. And, and just Nicholas Fulkrug being my guy from from way back, showing, showing why that is um, performing. But 
they had a, a baseball, like the, the passing success was 62% at Schalke. Valkovic as a center back had 38% successful passes. So that, that shows you a bit how, how that game went. So it wasn't easy on the eye to say the least, but Kofod said in the end that was by design because they just wanted to play long balls behind a very high defending back four line of Schalke. And that worked out well. Um, most of the times the balls went to Schalke, but were not, uh, it got dangerous. So uh, I think all in all, that was good. But now it's a different game and, and Bielefeld won't defend like 45 meters um, before their own goal. I think that will be a different task. It will, but at least you have a ready-made tactic to beat Bayern when you meet them. You know, balls over the top, catch a high back line. You're of all ready to go. <laughs> um, right, moving on to the next question, because I think midfielders are going to be a hot topic in this show. And we'll start with a question from Addy, uh, who asked for the best Sancho alternatives if he isn't fit. But it's worth us mentioning here, Flo, as well, that another big-ticket midfielder, Leroy Sané, is also unavailable injured. Sancho, we're still waiting to hear whether he will or will not recover from the bronchial infection that's kept him out of the Super Cup later tonight. But when we're talking about midfielders, where are you looking for alternatives when it comes to these big ticket players, Flo? It's really, really tough for me, especially since Kostic is also a midfielder, an impactful fantasy midfielder who's injured. So these three possibly out. So we know Sané and Kostic are out. And we got a bit of uncertainty at Leipzig, although you have to say that Nagelsmann didn't change anything uh, between the first and the second match, apart from Halstenberg, uh, who wasn't with the squad at Leverkusen, and Merkiele slid in for him. So maybe we're not seeing Nagelsmann rotation. That would lead me to thinking that Dani Almo could be a good choice. But I'm still not like I'm not trusting that 100. percent But it's an island game on Saturday evening, and it's at home against Schalke. That's that's definitely two positives for Almo, but not not without risk. Uh, I, I would say the problem with Bayern is uh, that Nabri is a striker in the game, so that's no replacement for Sancho or for Sané. Uh, you could make an argument for Goretzka. I'm, I'm positive that he's going to start against Hatta. Or maybe, although I have, I've said it before that I'm not keen on Kimmich. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> as a midfielder. But if you've got the money, like he, he'll at least give you decent points. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. He will play against Hatta. Uh, you could do worse than Kimmich because I don't think there are a lot of attractive high-priced midfielders I, I would turn to. Maybe Neuhaus or Stindl um, from Gladbach. Uh, they're playing at Cologne and they're usually doing very well uh, in the derby um, would be the alternatives. But um, it's tough sledding. Uh, in, in, in my mind this weekend with pricey midfielders. Uh, yeah, I, I, Maybe I'd leave some money in the bank yes. and spend bigger next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think, yeah, during the international break, we don't know whether we're going to have unlimited transfers, but there is a chance we should say that out loud because it's been a trend over the last couple of seasons. The thing is, there are two international breaks early in this season. They may choose 
either of them. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll choose either of them. They, they might choose neither. Uh, you don't know. But there is a chance that during this international break, there will be unlimited transfers. If it doesn't happen, there's an even greater chance it will happen after match day seven. Um, but therefore, a little extra cash probably wouldn't go amiss. And already we're seeing injuries take their toll uh, on starting lineups. I mean, my squad is a, is a bit of a shambles and injuries have played a part in that already. Also, some bad player picks in there from match day one where I went for differentials and they're not guaranteed starters anymore, so they needed to be shipped. But we're seeing the effects of this condensed schedule already uh, affecting the fantasy game flow. And I'm getting the impression we might see that continue throughout the season, which is going to make, in my opinion, the fantasy game even more of a minefield than it was the last couple of seasons. Would you agree with that? Yes. Um, But I think that's like everyone has to deal with this. That's why I think at the end, I know it's like I, I suffered a bit from that. Um, I had Mehmedi of Wolfsburg for the last game and I really was hoping that he would start because I, yeah, I could have done with a, with a good score uh, in midfield. He still made my starting 11. That shows you how my match day went. And I think we were going to see a lot of that. But like the, the smart thing then is to navigate as as safe as possible um and maybe yeah maybe we should should lean on clubs that uh, haven't such a tight schedule uh, going forward that's a lesson we might learn this season yeah that's it yeah clubs that we maybe normally would have avoided because we can rely on them may become even more valuable this season. I couldn't agree more. Let's talk about one of those clubs because Addy's third part of his question is about Union Berlin and he's asking, is Bolter the only worthwhile option from their squad? No, I wouldn't say so. So they got Lenz and Trimmel as defenders. I think they both are interesting. Bolter uh, is uh, probably the best midfielder for 8.3, but we know... That Robert Andrich has a knack for getting shots off at a very high rate. He's 7.8 million. And the guy I'd, I'd throw out here for 3 million is Geraldo Becker. Um, unfortunately, he's a striker in the game. That's something I, I don't like that much. But he's really active in, um, and involved in, in, in a lot of shots. He's been involved in eight shots in 128 minutes he played so far this season. That's, that's a pretty good haul. Gave up uh, six shots himself, um, gave the pass to two. So if he's in a starting lineup, uh, I think if you, for some reason, maybe you don't have this big named pricey midfielders and you don't have the cash to spend, he could be a cheap differential way to start your weekend. Yeah, like I said, uh, because he's a striker, he's not that interesting to me personally. But if you got a, a budget problem, uh, he could be um, the solution to that. Yeah, no, I'd agree with everything you said there. But Bolter for me, yeah, definitely offers the best value in any position right now for an Union player. And we wait to see what Max Cruiser will be able to produce once he maybe regains full fitness and is a regular starter. But for now, the jury's still very much out on how he's going to perform with this Union Berlin side. But I do like the Geraldo Becker uh, shout because that could that could be a bit of a game changer. And I'll throw another one out there just because goalkeepers are going to be a big topic uh, this week. And Loris Karius has joined the club. We don't know. Again, he's a big risk. 
risk because we don't know whether he's going to start, whether Luta will keep his place. But uh, he's someone that's in the mix that won't cost you a lot for a goalkeeping position. I just, I would recommend holding off on dipping into that market well, for now. We're not sure, are we? Do you have a price tag for... Oh, is he not in the game yet? Karius. Hold on, two sec. Oh, he's not no. in the game yet. No, okay. I was thinking... Well, I figured he'd be around about 5 million as well. I didn't think he'd come in much more expensive than Luta. Yeah. Especially if you look at his Liverpool form flow. If they bring him back on his Mainz form price, that'll be <laughs> that'll be a different ball game. But yeah, he hasn't performed well in the last couple of seasons. So that's why I almost feel like he's not a guaranteed starter either, even though they've brought him in on loan. I, I could see them sticking by Luta, but it's a bit of a... a a risk. Yeah, at least yeah, at least for this game. Yes. I think it's not it's it's possible. Um because then it's like international break and two weeks to prepare. Yeah. Let's see. And then his final question, we've kind of partly answered this already, so uh, I'm happy for to keep this one quick. He says, are Olmo and Angelino the only guaranteed starters worth considering from Leipzig? Because he would love to have three or four Leipzig players for the Schalke game. I think I think we all would, Addy. <laughs> yeah. We all would and no one can. That's just <laughs> Although, although you could go with Emi Forsberg and banking on him, because because I think he's going to start. Um, why why would Nagelsmann rest his best player uh, through two games so far? That wouldn't make any sense to me. Forsberg, he's a striker in the game, and that's why, like, I I usually don't like to go to strikers who aren't real strikers. Um, but. Forsberg could be an exception for 11.4 million. Um, and I think he's, he's also, he's still differential enough uh, to, to, to be worth a gamble. Although it's not like, he's going to start. I'm, I'm convinced of that, but. Well, that's, I, uh, yeah. yeah, I do, I do think people's hesitation to bring Forsberg in will be that nagging thought in the back of their mind, or he may get dropped any week now. And of course, you then don't want him in your squad. But I agree with you, the way he's playing, I don't think Nagelsmann can afford to drop him. Yeah. And on top of that, they've lost Yusuf Paulsen to injury as well. So that's one spot that's opened up for him. It, is he right, out? The fact that he's a striker is that I think, I'm, I think he's out. The, the consensus is that it's more likely that he will be out than in. Okay, I, I've just, I, I was, I went with questionable. Oh, that, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's I, a doubt. I take your word for it. It's a doubt, but I think someone like Yusuf Paulson, I know he can battle through the pain, but I also think Nagelsmann is... I mean, if if he's out... More conservative. If he's out, I'm firing up Alexander Zerlot. With okay, confidence. okay, we haven't we haven't so, got we haven't got to that part yet because yeah, he's someone that we need to talk about definitely. But okay, so we'll, we'll leave it there for the, the Leipzig discussion. They will come up later on in the show. Uh, let's move on. I've got a two part question from two different listeners here, but it is the topic that we just touched on uh, with Loris Karius, and that is the goalkeeping issue. So I've got a question from at swear I'm not Paul, our good friend Ronan Murphy, who says, "How do you solve a problem like Luter?" And then from at D McDermott, "What's the goalkeeper situation like?" In the Bundesliga, he says it seems like there's a lot up in the air in terms of who is going to be a starter for a few teams. So, how are we looking at the general goalkeeping market right now, and what advice would you have for Ronan, Flo? Uh, not panic. It's like I think he probably has Luther. Um, otherwise, he probably wouldn't have asked. Even if he's not in the starting lineup, he wouldn't still not like he wouldn't be my highest priority to change him. Um, just because I I think it's far more predictable to pick up midfielders, defenders or strikers who get you fantasy points than, than goalkeepers. But if you just feel like you can go with two transfers with your outfield players, then definitely change up your goalkeeper. 
especially because he'll lose 100,000 every match day he doesn't play. And that's something to consider. Although you could be good for this match day because Lut is still playing, we, we don't know yet if that's the case. And if you're going, hopping on another goalkeeper, you probably don't want to pick um, Giri Pavlenka as well because there are rumors that he could join Crystal Palace. And we've got the situation with Schalke uh, getting Renault from Frankfurt on loan. I wouldn't feel 100% confident there as well to say who's going to be in goal at Leipzig. So I, w- I would stay away from that situation unless we got confirmation until Friday. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. And if we talk Renault, let's have a quick price check. So he's 1.8 million. If he's a number one, he's definitely one of the top budget guys of the Bundesliga. Although you say that, and having watched Ronov play before, I mean, he's not the most convincing goalkeeper that we've seen in the Bundesliga. Doesn't matter to me. Yes, in a Schalke side where he's going to get peppered with shots, he could be a fantasy little gem that we found. So yeah, I think, I'll be honest, when it comes to the goalkeeping situation for me, this has been my experience in the past. I've always gone with two at the start of the season, and I've waited until that unlimited transfer window to come in before I even and consider making changes unless there's something super extreme going on uh, that would require me doing that. So I think that's probably where I'd put my stance right now with the goalkeepers. Uh, of course, I went with the Zentner-Muller combination. Hasn't been great, hasn't been terrible so far, um, but I would consider changing that if we do see someone like Rudolf at a very cheap price uh, jump out at us. Um, and there's a chance that will happen. Uh, final question then of part one of the show. At Dykes to watch out for, he got in touch last week. He's got in touch again this week and he says, Flo, Stuttgart seem to have started well. I was wondering whether we can trust the value that some of their players appear to be offering. And would you think doubling up was going too far? Yeah, I think they provide massive value this season and... That's because of the style of play. If you're looking at the stats, Stuttgart had already 38 shots on goal. That's the most in the league. That's two more than Bayern had so far. And like, if you understand the point system of the fantasy game, shots are a big factor in how points are gained. Uh, of course, goals are fine as well. Um, but like, I, I'll take team that that have a lot of shots any day over a team that is more efficient but does less shooting. So uh, I think that's probably what we can expect of Stuttgart. Um, I wouldn't go so far to doubling up, but they have definitely interesting um, options there. And it's funny that I say that I wouldn't go as far as doubled up because I personally doubled up on the Stuttgart defense Uh but that was because I had to let go of Danny Da Costa and I didn't have much budget and I could fit in um, Kempf uh, as my defender and I didn't count Sosa because I wasn't expecting Sosa to start. So uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised that both were in the starting lineup, but I, I wouldn't necessarily try to doubling up, but I think we will see... A lot of good things in a fantasy sense of Stuttgart this season. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. They are they are a very interesting prospect. 
after a first after the first couple of games. So I think they're, they're definitely the type of market I'll be looking and and observing for a couple of weeks longer. But Flo is right that the early signs are very promising uh, when you consider the performances they've put in. Uh, even in a loss to Freiburg, uh, they scored well in a fantasy sense, and yeah, they had 15 shots uh, last weekend against Mainz as well. Um, and so they do have some very useful candidates, and I'm sure we will be touching on some of those in part two. So join us again after the break, where we're running through the match day three fixture list. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. And as ever, we are here to now break down the schedule for match day three, a look at the fixtures and exactly where points can be won and potentially lost this weekend. And as is tradition, we will start with the Friday night game. Uh, it's Union against Mainz this Friday. Uh, two clubs that we don't really know what to make of them, I think it's fair to say, early on in this season. Union, uh, you know, a loss and a draw against Gladbach, but looked good in that draw against Gladbach. Important point for them. Mainz, meanwhile, well, uh, it's, it's difficult to know where to start with Mainz, given the fact that they are the second club to have let go of their manager uh, or head coach after just two match days. Uh, it may seem like drastic measures, but when you look at the performance they had against Stuttgart, it seemed like they had all kind of given up on uh, Achim Bayer-Lotzer after the strike in training due to the fact that Adam Schalai was dropped to the second team. It's it's a whole drama that's worthy of its own television show. Amazon Prime should get in touch. But when it comes to the fantasy world flow, it does have an impact as well. Um, now, Union have lost only one of their last five home games in the Bundesliga, but they are pointless in their three Friday night games to date. So I feel like the question here is Union Mainz. Which of these sides is more investable on Friday? I think both are investable. So uh, I think both could have a, a good game. And if I look at the s- schedule, the Mainz has uh, a Friday evening game next week as well. Um, they're hosting Bayer Leverkusen. And even though that's not the best matchup, um, Bayer Leverkusen hasn't been clicking so far this season. And if I've got a player on a Friday evening game, I don't mind um, that player being the underdog. And that's why I might actually lean towards investing in Mainz players because I've got them, I I could start them two Fridays in a row. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Just be careful here because they're not playing on Friday night on match day four. I don't. I don't mean to burst your bubble here, Flo. Oh, but yeah. because of the international break, there is no Friday night game. <laughs> but You're it does right. mean that but we still have, there, we still have the, the first, advantages. It's the first yes. match that's on my sheet here, <laughs> uh, but it's not a Friday evening game. You're right to correct me there. But yeah. but it'll have the same advantages as the Friday night because we'll know the lineup yeah. before we have to make our transfers. So Mainz are still. You are making the points you're making are very valid. They're just not the Friday night game. Yeah, and Union is closing out the match day at Schalke uh, on the fourth match day. So, um, yeah, and and I, I think that Mainz can get a result here actually. So they they promoted the assistant coach. That's probably not happening without the players saying to the officials of the club, "We like this guy. Why why not choose him?" I think like he came with Sandro Schwarz, so he he isn't he isn't the assistant coach of Achim Bayerlotzer. He was there long before that. He's he's in the club since 2017, um, and I think we will see a reaction of the Mainz squad. 
And uh, I mean, last week I had a hunch that that, that Frankfurt uh, will go into Berlin and win there, and I'll I'll double down on that and say that Mainz is Mainz is also getting a win and a result at Union, uh, making them investable. Yeah, I I think so. I my transfers last week, Danny DeCosta forced my hand with one of them. But what I ended up doing was bringing in Daniel Brzezinski. And I'm not unhappy with that decision for this week either. I would expect a reaction from Mainz. I think goals may be a little bit limited in this game, but it doesn't mean there's not fantasy value in it still. But yeah, this is it. Mainz, if they can get things going, they've got a couple of players in there that I'm very interested in their squad. There's a big question mark as to whether they can get things going. But I do agree, the assistant coming in that really wasn't too linked to Bayer Lortzer should be a very good sign. Uh, we've got a question about an Union player in particular. We, we talked about them briefly earlier, but one in particular came out and it's from at Mulcahy underscore Mike who asks, hi guys, I'm in recovery mode also, so I'm glad I'm not the only one, Mike. Um, he says, in regards to Union, I have Nico Schlotterbeck in my team. Game week one, he doesn't play. Game week two, he scores and gets 13 points. Do you see this up and down performance continuing? Yeah, he won't score a goal every day. Uh, every match day. And that's the reason why he got 13 points. <laughs> I, did, I think yeah. he's probably, like he's, he should be an every week starter for Union from what I've seen so far. And I've seen the cup match of Union at Karlsruhe uh, that went down uh, 120 minutes and he, w- he was the best player. And he scored there uh, in this game also. So He's he's got two sc- starts and two goals. He he obviously has a knack for situations after set pieces, which is a, a great positive. Um, he played on the second match day because Union was playing with a three-man backline, and they played with a four-man backline uh, at the start of the season at home against Augsburg. And I think that might be the problem for him that if it's a four-man backline, that he's not in a starting 11. That could happen, but from what we've seen so far, I would guess that uh, Union goes with a three-man back line against Mainz as well because it hasn't really worked against Augsburg and uh, I I suppose that he's going to start. You can't expect him to have that many points every day, but I think like if if he's continuing what he's showing, he, he could be good for four to five goals the season, picking up a challenge one here and there. And also, like, if he's got two shots on goal, that's already great for a defender, um, no matter if they go in or not. So if he's a target player after set pieces from Trimmel, that's a good thing. So I would feel good having him in my squad for the Friday evening game. Yeah, I mean, Um, if you don't have Lentz and Trimmel, if you're looking at the the guys that are, what, under 9 million in price in the Union back line, Schlotterbeck's the best of the lot, no doubt about it. So I don't think it's it's a bad pick but you may have a bit of inconsistency in the mix if you do stick by him. Um, but yeah, getting into Union's back line isn't a bad idea after what we saw from them last season. The question is whether they're going to be as defensively resilient this season. The early indications are maybe not quite as resilient, but that doesn't mean they can't turn things around. And yeah, Schlotterbeck is a very interesting option. I got Gieselman myself, and I'm absolutely kicking myself for that match day one choice. Uh, should have trusted in Lentz. Always trust in Lentz, flow. Yeah. Yeah, and one, like, I wanted to mention one specific Mainz player. 
uh, who I would be very interested in uh, if he would get the start, and that's Aaron Martin, uh, the left back who totally fell out of favor uh, with Bayer uh, he's sitting at 5.8 million right now. Uh, he's great at set pieces. And if for some reason, like the past, the past was mines, uh, I think we can expect a few surprises in the starting lineup. And he might be one of them. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. And I, I, I don't have to be sure because we know the lineups before we have to confirm our transfers. If he's in a starting lineup, he's instantly one like, who jumps off the page for what he can do for his price tag. I will be honest, Flo, you're spot on and I hadn't even considered him. It hadn't even crossed my mind. But you're right, a change of coach could mean a change of fate. Uh, and he is a guy that loves to get crosses into the box as well as his set-piece duty. So yeah, I like uh, the differential potential there for Mr. Aaron Martin and Mines. Okay, I was going to ask you who's top of your shopping list, but I feel like Martin kind of answered that question. So let's move on to the next game. Uh, Dortmund against Freiburg. Now, Dortmund are unbeaten in their last 18 Bundesliga matches against Freiburg. Hopefully that's a good sign after what happened last week. And, you know, Bayern dropped points, but Dortmund dropped points as well. They failed to capitalise. Not that they knew when, of course, their match was going on. But that wasn't what we wanted to see from Dortmund. We're hoping to see an improvement against Freiburg. But as with Bayern, it's worth noting that with Dortmund, they are in action tonight in the Super Cup. We're recording Wednesday. Um, so we don't know exactly how things are going to pan out. Chances are they may be a little bit leggy, though, Flo. And Freiburg will be a side that are looking to capitalize on it. So what are you thinking for this game? Who's your player pick? Yeah, like my player pick would be Erling Haaland because I would urge you not to lose patience with him after probably one game where you had him, like <laughs> most of most of the guys I know brought him in for the second match day. Didn't pay off, but he'll score eventually. Wouldn't stay nervous, but one guy, if I pay up for a defender, Rafael Guerrero is one of the more, more interesting ones. That's 13.9 million with all the things he can do attacking-wise. Uh, he he's one of the few players who who really have a shot at going north of twenty points every week, basically. And like, let's see what happened in the Super Cup. Maybe he gets a rest there. That will that that will make me feel comfortable in him getting the start against Freiburg. Um, but if he's starting in the Super Cup and he had an injury before he played at Augsburg, then he's playing in the Super Cup. Uh, I I I wouldn't feel. Certain enough that he isn't rotated out against Freiburg to to actually pull the trigger on him, I would say. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, he, he Guerrero was in the minute he moved to defender. He was in the first draft of most of my fantasy teams, and then there was this whole situation where Favre started using a four-man back line in preseason. It was like, oh, is Guerrero going to be as attractive a prospect? But I think we can clearly see now the three-man back line is alive and kicking with Dortmund, and therefore Guerrero, especially compared to Munier, who got made into a midfielder, Guerrero becomes a, a very attractive prospect. I think the only maybe counter argument I'd make to your not 
being sure whether he'd start against Freiburg is when the when the backup option is Nico Schultz. Flo, I think I think Guerrero's got a pretty good chance. Felix Paslak was also there. Oh yeah, Paslak as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. But yeah, bit of a downgrade, and that's no no offense to either of them. But that's just how good Guerrero has been in that left wing back role. He's not a left back. He's not a left winger, but he's a left wing back. That we can be certain of. Um, okay, let's move on to the next game: Frankfurt against Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim, of course, the big winners last weekend against Bayern the upset of all upsets potentially um, now historically only Gerd Muller has scored more goals after the opening two matches of a season than Kramerich who has six to his name already um, excuse me no Gerd Muller was the one that scored six in 1977-78 now when it comes to Kramerich it is worth, however, noting that he is goalless in seven attempts against Frankfurt. Of the 22 Bundesliga clubs he's faced, they are the only side to keep him out. So Flo, he's got a purple patch. The the, the record's there to be broken. Surely he's scoring against Frankfurt again this weekend. Yeah, at least he has a good shot. Uh, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, he's in terrific form and he's swallowing all the fantasy points of, of Hoffenheim. Because Hoffenheim had won two games... Kramaric so far is the best scorer of Hoffenheim with 43 fantasy points. Uh, Dabur is in second place with 18. <laughs> so there's a huge gap yeah. behind that. And then it's Katarabek at 13, which isn't even a good number after two match days. That shows you what we, like, that's what the problem with Hoffenheim has been last season as well. Like, they're, they're having success on the pitch, but it's not showing in, like, there aren't reliable fantasy assets apart from Kramaric. And it looks like that again. You, you could make an argument that maybe Christoph Baumgartner is do a good, good game. Uh, he's a midfielder for 10 million. Yeah, you, you, you could go there. But for me right now is Kramaric on, on nothing uh, on, on the Hoffenheim side of the ball. Do you want to talk about Frankfurt then as well? If we take Kramaric out of the equation, who's your player pick for this game? Actually, even if Kramaric is in the equation, I think my uh, player pick would still be Almami Touré, uh, 7.9 million. Uh, he's playing as a right back now. Got the nod over Da Costa. Um, there's some rumors that Da Costa um, will still be at least loaned out, if not sold. Um, from Frankfurt, and that shows me that Touré probably has won that battle on the right side, at least for now. We've seen huge fantasy games of him because uh, if he's playing as a right back, he, he he chips in with crosses, but he's also one of the best of Frankfurt players after set pieces uh, and, and can score goals that way. And that's why I'm I'm very much interested in him for 7.9 million. Yeah, I'd, I'll be honest. You were the one that talked me out of Toure on match day and uh, our match day one preview because you were right. You thought Danny DeCosta would start, and so I went for DeCosta over Toure. It was the right decision for match day one. But yes, in in the bigger picture, long term, I do think Toure is going to be the better choice. So I like that pick. Okay, Köln Gladbach. Let's move on. Köln are winners in 12 Bundesliga matches, a run that began on the 11th of March 2020, a 2-1 defeat against Gladbach, the first ever game behind closed doors in Bundesliga history. And ever since the doors have been closed, they haven't won. And even now that they're back open, uh, we're waiting to see what happens because on match day one, they weren't allowed fans in the stadium. I think the jury is still out on match day three for this one against Gladbach. But given the fixture, given it's a derby, I think they're going to do everything they can to get fans in that stadium. That may make a difference, Flo. But in terms of a player pick, where are you going? 
Uh, I have to go with uh, Gladbach here. And yeah, I, I was so disappointed by them last week. And that makes it tough for me um, to, to point my finger who I'm, I, I want to go. I mean, Jonas Hofmann still had a decent game with nine points. But is it that the guy I feel most comfortable with? Well, how about how about the returning strikers? You've got Player and Turam, both made their returns last yeah, week. Yeah, but they're not a hundred percent. And true, like that, 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 like in their price range for fourteen to fifteen million, I don't think I I can go there. But I have the money to spend in midfield, and I probably still lean last year to twelve point one million. Uh, who actually got seven points? Uh, against Union as well. And if Gladbach is clicking, Stindl probably has a good game. And the close second one for me is Florian Neuhaus for 11.8. Although it's it's really close between Stindl, Neuhaus and Hofmann. Um, I think it's, it's like it's 40, 30, 30% who's have the best the best match at Cologne. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, I don't want to make a big stand there. I think every one of these three guys is fine and they're all within 500,000 market value. So so take your pick. Yeah, it, it really is. I think we're going to see those three rotate in, who's, in terms of who scores big maybe on a given weekend for Gladbach. Uh, but I do like those picks. Okay, Werder against Bielefeld. Now, Bielefeld, they're unbeaten in league competition in 2020. That dates back to their time in the title Bundesliga as well. 10 wins, 8 draws. They're unbeaten in their last four games against Bremen as well. The most recent clash, though, it is worth noting, came in the 2014-15 season. It was a 3-1 win in the DFB Pokal last 16. Yeah, I remember that. So sh- yeah, <laughs> I bet you do. They were in the third but tier sh- that year, Bielefeld, and Bremen still lost. But, but now that you're both in the top tier, surely this is another Bremen win flow? Yeah, surely, surely. <laughs> <laughs> no, so why not? Why not? No, absolutely. And I think Bremen has one of the two best options for this weekend. And that's Fulkrug, and that's Augustinson. Uh, Augustinson is a is a brilliant. Like he's in the best shape he he looked ever since he his, since he joined Bremen, and like like his his crossing is great. His his set pieces are great. He did set up two goals of of. He basically set up all three goals because um, the the penalty was after uh, Augustinson crossed to uh, Fulkrug. And he's at 9.6 million. I, I wish I would have gone to Augustinson instead of Gabriel Selassie at the start of the season. Um, cause then my team would have had at least 24 more fantasy points. Cause that's the difference between these two guys <sighs> right now. Um, and up front, Fulkrug, like, I mean, since he rejoined Bremen, he scored seven goals in 479 minutes. And I know you're very good at mass. And you could tell me that is a goal in every 71 minutes. Uh, that's better as, as Gerd Müller or Lewandowski or, or even Erling Haaland. I, I was going to say, you, you make Haaland jealous with those types of numbers nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so clearly, now, like he's, he's a great striker. You know, I, li- I like him. And he does everything we want in a fantasy sense. He's got 10 shots on goal already. And he, he played a limited amount uh, of minutes. Yeah, I, I don't want to like spoil too much, but we might get his name called uh, later on in the, in the show. 
I'll be honest, before I wrote the script, I, I kind of saw that one coming potentially. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, this is it. We, we knew Fulkrug was a was a great player, a great striker and a great fantasy asset last season. It's injuries that are his issue. Uh, if he can stay fit, though, uh, he's another one to throw right in the mix because I think, yeah, we've got we've got Kramerich and I think Fulkrug could be another one that really mixes up that striker market and makes things a little bit more interesting if he can indeed stay fit. OK, let's move on to the next game because those are your two player picks nicely covered there Flo uh, Stuttgart against Leverkusen last game on the 3.30 kickoffs on Saturday Stuttgart they have not won at home against Leverkusen in the Bundesliga for 10 years but this is a very different Stuttgart side to the one that Leverkusen faced in recent seasons in terms of player picks Flo there are there are options on both sides here so who are you going for? Yeah, I think that's a tough one. If you need a cheap striker, I think Kalajic of Stuttgart is like magnificent value for 4.4. And I'm pretty sure we mentioned him last week as well, James. I'm not sure if he was in our player picks, but um, he he's a great, great choice um, for, for the money. And although it's facing against Leverkusen, still think he, he's a good option for that price tag and I, I, I wouldn't mind him at all uh, getting him in my squad. Same goes true to Daniel Didavi for uh, 7.6 million. So these guys are, are great values. You could go even cheaper with Gonzalo Castro. I was going to say. Yeah, for some reason, he's really playing really good. <laughs> I haven't seen him that good since... Uh, his Leverkusen days, uh, probably. Definitely. And he's 4.3 million. So, yeah, pick, pick your, 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 your value players of Stuttgart and, and you are, in, I think, in great shape because, because they prov- provide a lot of, or they'll provide a lot of points. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that, uh, moving forward. Even if, uh, there will be a dud from time to time and maybe it's coming now when facing Leverkusen and Leverkusen, it's gelling, but unless we haven't seen that, why not? Why not go with Stuttgart? If you want to go cheap on the Leverkusen side, Wurz is the way to go with six million uh, as a midfielder. Although I have to say, I'm disappointed by Wurz so far because he's in terms of attacking yeah. output, we've seen very, very little from him in that Leverkusen side. And yes, he busts your budget, but I think we were hoping for a little bit more from him. The other thing I'd say to your Stuttgart points, yeah. and I do like uh, the Stuttgart picks, even if they do pull a dud this weekend, because what they do have in the long term uh, is two Friday night games that are coming up back to back. Match day five, they're at home to Köln. Match day six, they are away to Schalke. Those are two very attractive Friday night games. So it may not be a bad idea to get a few Stuttgart assets in early. That is definitely a viable, viable tactic. Okay, let's move yeah. on to our... Oh, yes. And, and James, one, one thing to add, because um, I just scrolled through uh, the squad of Leverkusen, we still got Poran Palo. Uh, as a striker for Leverkusen, but he's joined Union. I'm not sure we mentioned him uh, when we did talk about the, uh, this game. He's 3.9 million. If you would make the squad, the Union uh, match squad, and, and be in a starting lineup, I actually think you could do worse and bring in uh, Porampalo because he's a, 
Like he's known for scoring goals, if not for much else on the pitch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, off the pitch, I think he's known for known for a lot more familiar face in the Dusseldorf clubs and uh, bars, and I'm sure Berlin may be no different for him. But yeah, Joel Poyan Pilot, you're right. We didn't mention him. I'll admit I wasn't gonna mention him because I don't see him as a viable fantasy option. But you are right. If he does sneak into the starting lineup, then you just never you never know with him. Okay, let's move on to our three standalone fixtures. Uh, that of course offers so much flexibility later on in the weekend and that's why they are so important and let's be honest in terms of the Saturday evening game we've got a quite a mouth-watering prospect from a fantasy perspective because Leipzig are taking on the whipping boys of the league Schalke now Schalke have changed head coaches Manuel Baum has taken over officially from David Wagner uh, today actually that got confirmed now though his assistant coach uh, maybe just to bring in a little bit more experience and respect into that dressing room that has been lacking but Flo Leipzig remain the tantalizing prospect here because Schalke are the first team in Bundesliga history to have conceded double figures for goals after two match days so is it all aboard the Leipzig bandwagon yes um, but I think we covered it before the problem is uh, pointing your finger at the, the right Leipzig guy and uh, I mean we've said Forsberg Olmo and Angelino and I feel pretty safe with them but not as safe. Like, I'm not feeling as safe with Forsberg than I feel with Fulkrug, for instance, as him being in the starting lineup. Not with the performing part. That, that could very well be in, in Forsberg's favor. But that's the risk you take. And if we got confirmation that Paulson is out, Serlot is all of a sudden is a, is a great choice for 30 million. I hinted at that before that. And I think you could then be pretty confident that he's going to start. And that would would actually maybe um, be my starting point if I want to invest in Leipzig. Yeah, I did a quick check after you mentioned it earlier. Paulson's injury status is that he trained individually today on Wednesday. They are hoping that he'll be ready to play against Schalke on the weekend, but it's a, it's a, it's a risk. There's a, there's a big question mark next to Paulson's name right now, and as a result, that could potentially make Sorlot uh, quite a, an enticing prospect, uh, so much so that, I'll be honest, he features in my player picks later <laughs> in the show. Um, but, okay, is there anything else we need to add to this game? Because you're right, we did talk about it at length already, um, and really, I mean, there was a question from at stats underscore don't underscore lie, says, any tips now that Wagner is gone? Is the game still as simple as by anyone playing Schalke I think when it comes to Schalke and Baum just wait there's no no point dipping into that market just yet because they could still be a shambles and yes there may be an improvement but that's going to take time in terms of yeah but no I I don't think it'll take time I'll tell you because the only way is up no (laughs) just because like I, I can't see Baum being that dumb letting Rudy defend um like at the midway uh, uh, point against Leipzig, against uh, a fast guy like like Forsberg or another guy. So I think the first order of business is like he's saying we we staying deeper, we, we, so no one gets behind us as easily as before, and that at itself will probably be an improvement. For Schalke. But the, and that's what I meant. The only way is up because the, the performances under Wagner was, was so bad. Of course, they have, they can only improve, I feel. Yeah. But, but that's so obvious. So I, I expect them to, to defend deeper. There still can be a lot of goals, but I don't think we see that. I mean, they were, they were down 
four to five goals at Munich and still were running running up the pitch like crazy and and get, like it was so easy to get behind their uh, back four. Um, I don't think we'll see that at Leipzig. So I would be shocked if that would still be the case because I think that's pretty easy probably to do and I don't think you have to convince the players to do it uh, a bit yeah. deeper. The better safe than sorry approach. Yeah, yeah, I, they they probably feel uncomfortable themselves playing the way they did. At least that what it looked like. Yeah, no, definitely. And yeah, they're not exactly going to be going into this Leipzig game full of confidence. And the best way maybe to combat that is to keep things tight at the back. I completely agree. I do still think there are goals in this for Leipzig because Leipzig are Leipzig. And if anything, a deeper back line may actually play to the talents and qualities of Paulson or Zorlot, but it also plays to Forsberg's qualities that you mentioned earlier because he is a guy that can unlock a back line with shots, with passes, with whatever. So, uh, yeah, he could become an even more enticing prospect. Okay, two games to go. Wolfsburg against Augsburg is the first. It's the first kickoff on Sunday. Now, uh, Wolfsburg, of course, were a little leggy, as Flo and I mentioned, against Freiburg last week. They are in action in the Europa League tomorrow. Thursday night, they travel to Greece, to Athens, to take on A. EK Athens, they'll then travel back and they feature on Sunday. So Flo, it seems like Augsburg are definitely the team to invest in here because I'm very concerned about Wolfsburg, not just on rotation, but on performance levels now that they already, after five games of their season, look a little tired. Yeah, I agree. And you you don't know, like Wolfsburg has the highest uncertainty with who is going to start. Uh, and that's what makes me shy away from them. And like I wouldn't be over the moon to invest uh, in Augsburg as well, but I think Iago, the left back, he's been great value so far. He's sitting at five point three million, which means he already gained three hundred thousand in in value. Already did pick up seventeen points after two match days. That's great for the price tag, and um, I'm happy that I have him in my squad. And he would be like I, I prefer him over Framberger just because of the price difference. Framberger is a six point four million, although he did pick up five more points than Iago, but that's with him giving an assist on the first match day. So that's uh, definitely uh, the reason why he's he like for me they're on the same level. And then I'll always take the cheaper guy, and that's Iago. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Iago's in my squad, and I can't see me getting rid of him anytime soon they do have Leipzig on match day four after the international break so that is something to bear in mind if you are looking to dip into the Augsburg market um, but I just wanted I wanted to ask you about Daniel Caligiuri as well Flo we know about his prominence in the fantasy world he's made the switch to Augsburg we weren't sure exactly how that was going to impact his game he's a cheaper price now than he was when he was on the books at Schalke and a goal and an assist this weekend uh, against Dortmund in the win promising signs do you think he could be someone that plays a role further down the line as well yeah he could be although you have to say that he gave an assist and he scored a goal and in the end he was sitting at 15 points uh, i usually like like if but if i have dortmund, a player with, against dortmund yeah that's probably fair to say because at the end i think they had six shots uh, at goal during that match which is <laughs> not much, uh, <laughs> saying the least. So um, b basically, uh, the only sources of points were the goals and a bit of challenges won. So, yeah, but at 9.5 million, he's not a real bargain. And um, un unless 
Augsburg is not playing in a more attacking style. I'm not sure that it, it's worth it. He did pick up seven points in the first match day uh, at Union, whether 1-3 and 3-1. Uh, he has to be involved in goals, I think, to, to make it worth your while. And I'm not sure I want to gamble on that. There are other midfielders a lot more than, than color jury, although, although he, he's looking in good shape. You have to give him that. And his, his set pieces are excellent as, as they used to be. Yeah, that's it. In that mid-range midfield market, I, I think come the end of the season, we might be looking back at him as one of the better options from that type of price range. But let's move on to the final game. We're running out of time anyway. Uh, and it is Bayern against Hertha. Now, Bayern have conceded in just one of their last six home games against Hertha. The question is, for Bayern, it could be the perfect time to play them, Flo. Tired after the Super Cup, tired after uh, a loss to, to Hoffenheim last weekend, looking a little bit out of sorts compared to the fine-tuned machine that we're used to seeing. Or this could be the worst time to play them because they will be looking to muster up a response to that 4-1 loss to Hoffenheim last weekend. And the big news is, of course, that Leroy Sane is now out injured. He will be out until at least after the uh, international break. But given the fact that it's a recurring knee injury there is a suggestion that it could be a little bit longer as well so I guess the big question is if Sane's outflow where can we look in Bayern's midfield yeah you could you could go with Coman uh, I think it's pretty safe to say that Coman is is going to start and it's not the worst thing in the world although I just checked so I have to to swallow my words there Coman is a striker in the game so Interest ended right there uh, in Kingsley Coman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, we lost Coman and Gnabry. We got Sane. Yeah, that's why I haven't mentioned him when we talked about Bayern before. Um, I, th- I think it's probably a good time to face Bayern. Or, or they will show. They want to show um, that that was a one-off at Hoffenheim. But it looks like right now they they really um, at their limits um, physically and. It's been three weeks since the Champions League final, uh, between the Champions League final and the first game of the season. Um, having played uh, like midweek uh, in the European Super Cup, now it's the German Super Cup on Wednesday. Then it's the the next match, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just tough for them to perform every every week on that high level. Um, and, and there might be something in it for Hertha I don't believe it but I don't think we've seen uh, a Fußball fest like we would say in Germany from from Bayern uh, on this match day um, maybe a 2 to 3 nil like 3 nil is a close close <laughs> result if you're playing at Munich if you look at recent years yeah, it's so, true yeah, it's true could be that way now that's it. I also can't see Hertha being quite as ambitious and brave as Hoffenheim were, especially in the opening exchanges, and that really changed the complexion of the game uh, between Bayern and Hoffenheim. And I can't quite see Hertha doing the same. We'll close out the show then, Flo. Uh, w- before our player picks, with one final question uh, from at AYMR: Should I keep Lewandowski and Pavar for the coming round of fixtures? Yeah, I would say yes. Um, especially Lewandowski, I would probably. Uh, stay with him. Uh, he won't get rested two times in a row. I can't imagine that happening. And if he's on the pitch, he's just like it, the the chances are that uh, like he has the best shot of every player every week to be the highest player on the week. 
which is not astronomical odds, but it's still like 10 to 20%, something like that. If you should should um, look back uh, and see how often he was the highest scorer on the match day. So um, stay with him. Pavar, you can find arguments for replacing him. Um, but like in a week like where there are many injuries and stuff, that would be priority number one. And I actually, like, if you can make it work, having Pavar closing out your match day at home against Hatta isn't the worst thing in the world. So I would feel comfortable with, yeah, <laughs> feel comfortable with Lewandowski. I would be thrilled with Lewandowski and feel comfortable with Pavar. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Pavar is proving a bit of a problem child for me in my squad. And I, I'm, I'm regretting the decision to bring him in on match day one personally, uh, because it's made decision making harder further down the line. And the thing that's contributing to that is that his attacking output has dropped significantly in the opening two games of this season compared to last season. He's not getting on the end of corners the same way. He's not pumping crosses as often as he was into the box last season. And that is detracting from his value, no doubt about it. But yeah. but it's I, just two weeks in the season. So, that's it. A hundred percent. A lot can change. And Flo made a good point about him closing out the match day this weekend. It could be quite valuable. And I think personally, I've got three transfers that are maybe a higher priority, especially if we lose Sancho to illness as well before the weekend starts. So Pavar will probably stay in my squad as well. Okay, player picks. Time to close out the show, Flo, with our player picks. Vegas choice first. Who are you going for? Uh, it's Alexander Zerlot for uh, 13 million. Um, it's a gamble that he's going to play, but if he starts, I think he... Like he has a real shot of of having a, a field day against Schalke. I've gone for Daniel Brzezinski. Uh, Friday night game, nine point one million. As I mentioned, brought him into my squad last week. I think he's a very valuable pick. I do expect Mainz to respond and show some sort of reaction to what's gone on at the club during the week. New head coach in charge or interim head coach in charge tends to bring about a little bit of a positive spike in clubs. And so Brzezinski with shots and set-piece duties in his locker as well, I think he's a very good choice. Super Schnepchen flow? Yeah, can only be one, and that's Jan-Manuel Mbom of Werder Bremen. Uh, gave his Bundesliga debut at Schalke. Physical force in midfield, um, 1.1 million. Uh did pick up five points, although like his his prowess is more the defending side of things. Um, but we might see him a bit more attacking against Bielefeld, uh, especially because we haven't talked about Davy Klaassen probably leaving Bremen. Um, True, we did not mention that. Yeah, so that opens up the place for Mbom even more. But I think no matter what, he's going to start uh, against Bielefeld because that would send the wrong message if a guy who's giving like having his first Bundesliga uh, game actually playing really good and next next game you're swapping him out for someone who hasn't played good for a long long time and I'm, I'm like I'm, I don't have to mention a name that could be any Bremen player right now <laughs> uh, who then comes in for a bomb so I think is that he's going to start that's all I want to know for a player uh, at his price uh, point. And I, like, we haven't seen what he can provide in an attacking sense. Um, but at least he gives us a fairly high floor on challenges one. I think I feel comfortable saying that the way he played at Schalke. 
Yeah, both on the ground and in the air. Uh, he's quite a physical presence, Mr. Umbom. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. I mean, he's a midfielder which detracts, but at 1.1 million, he still looks quite attractive, I have to admit. So, uh, yeah, I like that pick. Uh, my... Super Schnepchen this week is Iago, 5.3 million Augsburg defender. I think we talked him up and Augsburg up enough as a prospect. Uh, and I do think he's a good, valuable option if you don't have him in your squad to save a few pennies this weekend. How about your banker flow? Yeah, it's only one Niklas Völkrug, of, of course. <laughs> you are, yeah, sorry, coming, don't worry. Yeah, at home against Bielefeld, I mean, that's, that's probably going to disappoint me. But um, I think even if Bremen disappoints, like, Fulkrug is everything they have up front and, and all the shots coming through him. Uh, he's such a force in the air. If you have seen that, his second goal, which is, like, amazing from, like, how high he is in the air and also is able to control the header. Um, it's great to see. Um, and he, he showed his knack for being in the right position with his first goal. And uh, his... Uh, athletic ability with a second goal. Yeah, as I think uh, he can have a really, really strong game um, on the second match day. And my, like, he he came on as a substitute against Berlin, and he's the second highest uh, scoring player in the fantasy game so far with twenty nine points. Twenty five of that came at Schalke, but still. Like he's he's the one trading Kramaric uh, and on par with Sané uh, and Nabri. Yeah, I I think so, I yeah. mean Bielefeld have proven a tough nut to crack in the Bundesliga in their opening two games, and and that might make life difficult for Fukrug. But I agree. I think even if he doesn't score, I feel like his base level of points is going to be double digits based on the way things are going, which is a is a nice thing to consider uh, for someone that we knew had so much potential but wasn't able to show it last season. My banker, I've actually, uh, if I'm honest, I wrote this down before I read about Paulson being in individual training today, but I wrote down Alexander Zorlot because I thought Paulson out, him coming in, up against Schalke, even if Schalke have changed their head coach, I do think that they will uh, get goals Leipzig and as Flo pointed out earlier, even if Schalke drop deep, I think Zorlot is the type of striker, just his physical presence, his prowess in the air he could still be amongst the goals even if Schalke do try and shut up shop but he is a risky banker no doubt after what we've talked about today but you know what instead of changing it last minute flow like I do sometimes I just decided to stick with this one we'll gut it out we'll see what happens I might be proven terribly wrong and Flo's Vegas choice might have sounded like a better option but for now uh, we will leave it there for this week's episode of Talking Fußball Fantasy uh, don't forget to follow us at Talking Fußball on Twitter give us a like on Facebook and if you haven't yet joined the Talking Fußball Fantasy League for now from me your host James Surrogate Flo and the rest of the Talking Fußball crew Auf Wiederhören Auf Wiederhören